If you like the podcast, remember to check us out on YouTube, where you get to see comedy commentary and a whole lot more. That's the YouTube channel, Balderdash Academy. Happy St. Patrick's Day, and welcome to Balderdash Academy. Tonight, we have playwright, actor, director, DC Cathro. Plus, we learn a special technique that a person used to pick their winning lottery numbers walking away with $4 million. I know. But first... Uh, Balderdash Academy, competitive comedy. Good for your health, like a yearly colonoscopy. Bring a flask, don't forget your hall pass. If you need a laugh, let me introduce the school staff. Marie Stewart Harmon teaches home economics. See her after class for some home brewed tonics. Sex with me is like Nate Green, cause finishing on top is his normal routine. Coach Steve brings the show sports knowledge, but he's bad at portmanteaus, cause he didn't go to college. Paulie McGill spits words like an Uzi. She wins every game, but can't name a single movie. They Call him Brady Hunt, the theater guru. He'll always almost win like deja vu do. Carla Rose Dubois, you better watch your back. She's notoriously known for teaching music facts. And Baba Blanc gets no disrespect. Don't talk back, cause he's technically correct. Yes. Let's go. Baldo Dash Academy, baby. Alright, sit down. Class is starting. Everybody tunes part. out sex with me on me. The- <laughs> <laughs> they hear that and they're like, nope, we're done. I think we lose viewers. Carla Rose got her first win last game, denying Nate his yeah. chance for two in a row. Yeah. So, Nate, what is your strategy to regain the title? Well, I was not doing well last time with losing, so I went for the all-time lowest number, which I did achieve. This time... I'm going to try and get a higher number than negative <laughs> That is a worthy goal and an easy way to win. Get higher than negative two grand. Yep. So our visiting professor tonight is playwright, actor, and director DC Cathro. He's a Maryland native. In addition to his theater chops, he also manages a designer toy store and art gallery in Chicago. Cool. He is uh, one of seven children... And uh, still a newlywed. He's a collector of Fisher Price Little People, Atari, lunchboxes, board games. Huge affection for the Power Rangers. DC, <laughs> welcome to Balderdash Academy. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. So, we're going to talk to DC later on, but before we do, he's agreed to be the scorekeeper tonight. While our faculty compete for the coveted reigning champion banner, they are not looking for the correct answer. They're looking for the best answer as they divvy out their expertise. DC will assign points to the faculty member that he likes best. The points are arbitrary, can be awarded to anyone for any reason at the end of the show. The faculty member with the highest point total will be named the reigning champion, because otherwise it's not a game. Speaking of which, our first game tonight is called Give Me the Details. I will reveal a weird news story, and each of our faculty members will fill us in with what they know about the story. I have been assured by my faculty that they are all experts, and whatever Mm -hmm. they say is correct when it comes to this story. 
Our visiting professor, DC will award points for the answer that he likes best. Now, our story, according to NPR, in January of 2022. So for future historians playing along at home, January 2022 was during the Omicron spike in the coronavirus, but before World War III and the robot uprising. So, you know, you just put it in context. Uh, So in January 2022, a North Carolina man won $4 million in the lottery by using a very specific technique to select his winning numbers. So my question to the faculty, the faculty know the answer to this. They're going to describe Mm -hmm. what technique he used to find those winning numbers. We're going to start Mm -hmm. off with Molly. Molly. You're, you're smart. You are. Oh, thanks. Keep going. Logical. You yep. you have that analytical mind. Mm. What technique mm-hmm. did he use? All right, uh, North Carolina. I'm correct, right? North so, Carolina. That's right. So this gentleman yeah. from North Cacalac, um was, you know, he recently quit smoking and he got into dipping, which you know, everyone has their own demons. What he did was he, uh, his wife got him some spittoons, and so he was really into spittoons. shooting into spittoons. And so what he did is he lined up about, uh, you say about uh, fifty spittoons, and what he did was he just kind of spat in that one day, and then depending on where it landed, that's the number that he picked, and then that was his winning lottery number. Mm, that makes sense. I'm sure mm-hmm. our intern, Alan, would have played a spittoon sound effect while you were saying that. Nate, how did oh, he yes. do it? So he did it because every night he would count sheep. He was he was a shepherd of sorts. Uh, and the sheep that he counted, when he got tired of it, whatever number it ended up on, that's the sheep and that's the number he would uh, go with okay. Now that sheep, he would have to kill and drink the blood because he was a vampiric <laughs> shepherd. Oh my goodness. Um, it got so dark so quick. So dark so quick. Uh, seems all unfortunately, right. it's true. Vampiric <laughs> shepherd. So you know you can win a four million dollars, but it sucks. Marie, yeah. what do you have? Um, well, um, this this gentleman had um, had two kids, has two kids, uh, and he, th- as a as a father, he introduced them to Sesame Street. So they were watching the morning kids shows, uh, and they each had their favorite episodes. So this young man or this father like man uh, used the numbers of his children's favorite Sesame Street episodes paired with the dates of their original airing to win $4 million in the lottery. All right. That answer was brought to you by the letters F and U. Randy, (laughs) (laughs) how did he do that? Yeah, well, uh, North Carolina, of course, is uh, along the eastern seaboard. And uh, I believe the method that he used, uh, he uh, he went to the beach one day because, you know, he was like right on the water. And uh, he pre-identified... Uh, six or seven nooks and crannies in his body, you know, like his belly button, his armpit, whatever, right? Okay. And then he counted the number of grains of sand that were in those nooks and crannies and then lined them up, and those were his numbers. That seems not time efficient. That seems like a very low amount of sand. He was very clean. Very clean. So, DC, we have Molly with uh, used spittoons. We have Nate he was a vampiric shepherd who counted sheep. We have Marie using the Sesame Street episodes and air dates. And we have Randy 
by counting the grains of sands in his various nooks and crannies. <laughs> mm. You said it, I, I know, just I write it down. DC, how would you like to score? Uh, this is really intriguing. Okay, well, first off, Molly, you get five points for using Cacalac. Yes! Just because that made me laugh. Uh, I, you know what? I love a twist. I think I'm going to have to go with Nate for 37 points. Wow! 37! yeah. Nice. That's definitely right. better than negative yeah. 2,000. That's, how That's a lot better than negative 2,000. Still early. So, you at home, what do you think the answer is? Let us know. And then check back after four questions to find out. We're going to wait until we tell you the answer because clickbait. So, DC... Thank you for coming on the show. Yes. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm super thrilled to be here. Like I said, I got dressed up for the occasion. Yes. I, I love it. I love the jacket. But you, you, you have a number of jackets like that. That's not your only one, right? No, no. I, 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 I tend to accumulate various <laughs> things to so applications. A, a jacket collector as well as toy collector. Not, I mean, not, not that many. But <laughs> like More I than five, less than ten? For, for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Perfectly understandable. Um, speaking of collections, you are a, a child at heart, right? You, you manage a toy store. You collect a number of toys, lunchboxes, board games, basically objects of play, right? So... What I wanted to ask you is, what attracts you to your collection? I tell you, I, I it's no fun growing up. Yeah. It's you know, it's bills and responsibilities, and you know, our insurance and yeah. cavities and colonoscopies. Oh, yeah, to schedule but, a colonoscopy. Yeah. I would much rather yeah. play a board game than schedule a colonoscopy. Yeah, just saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like my death grip on my childhood. So I, uh, I yeah, the Fisher Price little people for for like when I was little little, yeah. and then yep. I've got like the lunch boxes for the beginning of like elementary school. I've got the action figures and comic books for you know middle school, junior high, which we called it back in my day, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's pretty much just various phases of young DC. And are Love your it. toys only display only, or do you actually like play the board games and you'll take oh, out play, the little people? Yeah, we play all the time. Nice. Yeah, totally. Now, I have now, something I haven't played yet. Like, I just, okay, geek out for a second here. I just got it. a Gem in the Holograms board game. It's that pink what? box right there that's <laughs> never been played. So I'm torn. Do I punch out the pieces and actually play it, or do I keep it because it's so beautiful? I'm, play so I'm it. Kind of, I'm play it. With play I know, it. Right? Play it. I, that's why I have a hard time collecting toys in particular. Because a toy, to me, the, the joy, the nostalgia that I got from playing with them when I was a kid was the interaction. Yeah. The, mm -hmm. the, the imagination that it spawned while I was playing with them. Now, I, I have my vintage in box, but I always seemed kind of dirty for keeping them that way, you know? I've got, I've got more out of the box than I do in the box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Gem and the Holograms, I'm going to throw in a bonus question for our, for our faculty. Still. What was Gem and the Holograms' original name? What was Gem's original name? Susie and the Toucans. Yeah. Susie and the Toucans. So we're going to go with Susie and the Toucans from uh, Molly. All right, Nate, what do you have? 
Uh, I have white powder on a mirror. Oh, white powder Ooh. on the mirror, which <laughs> under is understandable why they couldn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was fun dip though because it was aimed at kids. <laughs> right. Randy, what do you have? Uh, Holly and the Gemograms. Mm. Holly and mm. the Gemograms, and Marie. Uh, gaming experience masterpiece with too much of a mouthful. Gem. <laughs> <laughs> With too much of a mouthful. All right. DC, we have, uh, what was the original name of Gem from Gem and the Holograms? We have Molly with Susie and the Toucans, yeah, Nate with White Powder, <laughs> Randy with Holly and the Gemograms, and Marie with Gaming Experience Masterpiece, Too Much of a Mouthful. How would you like to score? <laughs> okay, Randy, you can have eight points because nice. that was... Vaguely amusing. However, <laughs> Molly, Molly, you get 42 points because yes. two cans is also a, a dirty joke. <laughs> there you go. Oh, All right. oh, I get it. Like, so now the answer comes from just my, this is unprepared. So I didn't know I was asking that question. Um, I I happen to have a lot of information in my head, and there's times when I can't get rid of it. This is one of those times. Uh, so, Gem and the Holograms was originally named M, and they had to change it because they were worried about a lawsuit from MTV. Oh, or people didn't know if it was M, like E-M, or if it was M, like the Just letter a big M. Old letter M. Too much confusion. M and the, yeah. Uh, so, speaking and of random questions. Oh, yeah. There, there was also a, a singer named M who sang Ooh, the song Pop yes. Music. Oh. Yeah. Another cool. conundrum in the name. So, there you go. my head like I know that as true. Mm. Yeah. Well done. So, how about this for a segue? Speaking of truth, join us when we return for four questions and the answer to give me the details right here on Balderdash Academy. (laughs) Good afternoon, Dashers. This is your headmaster reminding you that we are now booking live Balderdash Academy. If you want improv comedy, custom game show experiences, team building, and more, you can find us online at balderdashacademy.com. And don't forget to pick up Balderdash Academy merchandise in our school store while you're there. This is Leo Gladstone, host of Dasher Radio Theater on the air. Join the wild crew behind Balderdash Academy with on the air comedy radio theater. The groundbreaking immersive behind the scenes comedy of radio plays that never were. On the air is a unique experience that blends live immersive theater with vintage style comedy radio plays. Enjoy the interaction of the evening, reliving the adventures of the past. Now booking live shows throughout New England and licensing scripts so you can produce our crazy comedy in your own theater. For details, visit our website at balderdashacademy.com. We'll see you on the air. Alright, six points to Marie for that shimmy. Yay! Oh. Shimmy, right. shimmy, all shimmy points. Six shimmy points. I will use it sparingly. 
lucky. <laughs> the question I always get, where did she get the duck? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got to right. our own duck. Welcome back to Balderdash Academy. Our points are in last place. We have Marie with six points. Next, we have Randy with eight, Nate with 37, and Molly in the lead with 47 points. As per usual. As per usual. All right. So, before we move on to our first game, four questions, DC, we're going to spin the Balderdash randomizer and ask you a random question that you have... 30 seconds or less to answer. Now, these questions were written by our intern, Alan. So you can blame him. Uh, Our first question. All right. Question number eight, DC. What is your favorite board game and why? My favorite board game is Settlers of Catan. Because it's a classic, and I, the the mechanics of it are fascinating, and the way you have to like bend your strategy throughout the game. Yep. Like if you go all in on two numbers and they're not coming up, then you got to go for like the tr- the cards to try to ease your way or or trade embargo on your opponents. And so, yeah, it's one that I always go back to, and I super love. That's a great game. I love that game. All right, that good was answer. Thirty seconds or less. Nice job. So it's Catan, that was 30 seconds not, or less. Catan. Catan. Canton. Settlers of Catan is great because you can also freely say, I have wood for sheep at the table. I have a t-shirt that says that. Do you? I should have worn it. But I actually, I wore my... Yeah! CC. Named after you. That's awesome. For our podcast listeners, check out our YouTube channel to see exactly what DC is wearing and experience our color comedy commentary. Nice. That's awesome. That'll be the title of this episode, Wood for Sheep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, DC, you're a collector of Atari, lunchboxes, board games, and my favorite toy growing up as a small child in the mid to late 70s. Fisher Price's Little People. So tonight's four questions will be about everyone's favorite pegs turned playthings, Little People. Okay. So whichever one of our faculty members gives the best, not the correct, but the best answer. You're not going to find the correct, but the best answer. (laughs) DC will award points. Our first question. (laughs) So Little People originally appeared as play figures in late 1965. However, the precursor to the toys first appeared in 1950 when Fisher Price designed what new toy? So they first appeared on a new toy. Nate, what was that toy? Uh, that was uh, the guillotine. Uh, so they they that was you know legit like heavy. It was heavy because it had to, the little people were used as the props. Um, and so the guillotine came down and, uh, the little people head fell off. And the reason they were pegs is because they can just, you know, pop pop them back back in. It's not like a Barbie where you take the head off, you put it on and then it's a bloated head. Uh, like these worked really well. Um, and then they just kind of took off on their own. 
Yeah, you know, Fisher Price's Viva la Revolution toy line was my favorite as a child. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this, but the Fisher Price guillotine was remarketed in the 90s as Don't Lose Your Head. Mm. So, Marie, <laughs> what yes, toy did little people appear on? Of course, um, we're in the 1950s, right? Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of like weird family dynamics that are occurring, uh, and Fisher Price really started to just embrace it. So they yeah. had um, a little vacuum cleaner where there was a little lady with pearls and a cigarette hanging out of her mouth that was vacuuming. This was this was the sole job of this one little person was to uh, be the mom and vacuum and chain smoke in her pearls. All right. So sounds like a good it Sunday. might get us a copyright strike. But uh -oh. along that line, I have a 1952 advertisement. 1950s ad, rather, with Fred Flintstone and Barney selling Winston cigarettes. Yep. <laughs> right, they were smokers. They quit, though, soon after. Dino, yeah, that's true. Like, big talking to. Good talking to. Dino? Yeah. Dino? Yeah, Barney Winston tastes good like a cigarette chug. Randy? Dino? What Dino. toy did it premiere in? <laughs> it, it, I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but the, the little thing with the the, the stick with the with the ball and you had to like try to catch the, the ball inside the you know what, what I'm talking about cup? here yeah. ball and a cup ball and cup yeah, is the yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tricky name uh, but uh, I believe the guy who invented Pez also invented like this uh, this alternate version of the ball and cup uh, and it was the little people and their head kind of you know popped oh. open and then the 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 head would attach to the string and it was you know, trying to catch the head on the in the in the cup. We so the head fun. Cup, not the ball. And cup. Yeah. You keep yeah. Pez. You like Pez. You keep my brain wants to ask you more trivia questions about something not related. <laughs> <laughs> Molly. Molly. How what did yeah. it premiere on? Uh, well, Marie was in the right direction when she was speaking about the 1950s and weird family dynamics. Now, we all yeah. know that a lot of women were getting opinions around that time. So they were <gasps> obviously hysterical. So they may be sent they? off to insane asylums. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing that little people uh, appeared in was um, Arkham Insane Asylum to try to explain to children where their mommies went. <laughs> um, and so it gave them kind of like a relationship to build with their mom, but then they got sued mm -hmm. because Arkham was obviously a DC uh, term. So then, of course, it just was Little People Asylum. So um, Little People appeared as play figures in the late 1965. Um, in 1950, when they first appeared, they were part of what toy? We have Nate, Guillotine, Marie, Little Vacuum with Ladies and Pearls. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, a ball and cup, and Molly, Arkham Asylum's teaching toy, which made sense. Okay. Yeah, Where DC, how would you like to score? I've, I've okay, Molly, you get eight points for dropping my name in there, not without <laughs> meaning to. Um, Randy, I would totally play with that toy. <laughs> so, <laughs> you get. 78 points. Yes! Wow. 78 points. Nate, you traumatized me with the guillotine. So I'm, yep. I'm subtracting nine points. First nine points. Although, I guess, you know what? You can have three of them back. So I'll take that. I'll take six points off. Because right. Randy has a detachable head, too. 
but you you put it back on. You, the action is not cutting it off. So I'll, I'll, I'll cut you a little bit of slack for that. Marie, you can have three guillotine. points just for being the uh, for acting out the sexy mom with the pearls. Yeah, uh, come on, kids, it's dinner time. Yeah, Nate with the Fisher Price everybody. guillotine. Some well, disassembly required. Right? For being charming. Yeah, Molly Bob. has six. Charming Bob and his oh, point reader. Right, right, cool. You're in the game. All right, I am now on the board. Great. That's now, cool. In my in my defense, I did think it through though, because they France was using the guillotine up until I don't know when was the last time it was used like this 1970s. 1977, same year Star Wars was released. Yes. Yeah. So Holy. Was, it they used it until then. Wow. Yeah. I did Holy not know that. Crap. You yeah. learn something new every time you watch Boulder Dash Academy. I only used it on my little people. <laughs> uh, the uh, the real answer is um, what new toy were they a part of? They were three firefighters on a Fisher uh, Fisher Price fire engine. Yeah. Um, they were non removable. It took them a while um. to figure out that. The kids uh, would like to play with them. In fact, and swallow uh, them. So they were basically <laughs> Wal- Waldorf and Sattler, or whatever his name is from the Muppets. <laughs> They're just like bolted in there. I can't move. Well, it's <laughs> hard to move when you have a hand up your ass. Now, a um, another fun fact about Arkham Asylum about Molly's answer is Arkham Asylum was actually based on Danvers State which is a, a mental hospital. You can see it. Uh, if you're driving down 95 right outside of Saugus, heading north, the creepy-looking Victorian huge building up on the hill is yep. Arkham Asylum. That's what it's yep. based on. And they used to send women to Arkham, to Danvers, for offenses such as speaking their mind reading and novels. To have a job. Reading <laughs> novels. Wanting to go somewhere by themselves. I mean, it's crazy. So, according to 80skids.com, the toys were not always called little people. In fact, that was the name given to the toy by the kids who played with them. The original name of the toy was what? Marie, what was the original name of Fisher Price's Little People? Uh, yes, I, I definitely know the original name of the little people that Fisher Price gave them. Um, it was the Tiny Tots. Um, just they were just really small. Um, however, um, there were fast food uh, industries that were selling tots, you know, like mm, potato yeah. tots. tots. So unfortunately, there was a disagreement. There was a mm. not seeing eye to eye there. You don't want to infer like that these little people could be ingested. We do not want to send that message to children. Um, so they they removed it from tiny tots to little people so that it was less um, inspiring to eat them. Enticing. So mm. enticing. less That's the word. potato goodness and more micro cannibalism. Correct. Mm. All right. All right. Randy, what was the original name? For little people. Yeah, when they when they originally created them, I believe they had the uh, cubes for heads instead of uh, you know orbs, and uh, and so they called them blockheads. Um, but Charles Schultz uh, yeah. did not like that. No, uh, because uh, that was you know kind of a trademark thing for for uh, Charlie, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. And so they were worried about a lawsuit, so they they just kind of had to take a step back, and they just mm. like whatever little people. 
All right. <laughs> yeah. Not a blockhead, but a little person. Yeah. I stepped on them. I'm glad they're not blockheads. Molly? Um, what speaking was the original of a lawsuit, name? they were originally called Eeny Peenies. Yeah, that's right. Eeny Peenies. But there was a riff between the CEO of Fisher Price and the developers. And so he took it as a personal affront that they were suggesting something, if you know what I mean. Mm. And so he shut that down and mm. he made them rename them. So they just went with little people. But behind the scenes, they all call them Eeny Peenies. You never right. want to mess with a guy with too big a head. Billy can't come out to play right now. He's in the living room playing with his eeny peeny. Exactly. <laughs> that works. Nate, what do they call so, him? I mean, everybody knows that it started out with firefighters. So it started with firefighters. Yeah. Then they came out with police officers. They came out with yeah. construction workers. They came out with <laughs> naval officers. And they just called them little village people. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, and what can I say? They, it just didn't take off. There were know, a maybe gateway recruiting, <laughs> gateway recruiting toy for the Navy, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what was the original name of the toys? We have Marie with tiny tots, Randy with blockheads, Molly with eeny peeny, Nate with the village people. DC, how would you like to score? Okay, you know what? Everybody's getting points for this, and I have lots of reasons why. So, right. okay. So, um, first off, uh, Randy, I thought you were going to pull it out with the Charles Schultz reference because I'm a big old Peanuts fan, too. Um, but I'm going to give you uh, 47. You get 47 points. 47. Okay. Any Peenies made me laugh. So, you could have 38 points for that. Um, 27 points to Marie because I'm hungry and now I'm dying for some tater tots. Let me tell you a story. But Nate, so here's the story. We actually have a little set in my little people that my husband set up of the five like village people people and he calls them the little village people and they're all sitting there together and I will show you on a break because Can you please send us a photo of that? I will totally do that. Yes. I'm so excited. In the cupboard. They're on display for you. In the cupboard. You get 101 points. Woo! Exactly how many Dalmatians I have too. Go figure. <laughs> Are you gonna skin them? Are you gonna skin them? Wait, wait, wait! Hold on. Um, I'm not gonna continue to do that. No. <laughs> oh. Okay, minus nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> minus nineteen. <laughs> I always tell my right. kids, try it before you knock it. So <laughs> there you go. It's like dating. So um. <laughs> so. <laughs> So we kids, <laughs> there we go. There was the grenade. Marie caught it. So Sorry. the uh, I have a cackle. <laughs> <laughs> so the toys were not originally called little people. We, the kids who played with them, referred to them as little people. Uh, we, I didn't actually know they had another name until I was researching this question. They were actually called the Fisher Price Play Family. In fact, Fisher-Price did not trademark little people until 1985, 26 years after the first detachable characters were made. So so the little people's iconic wooden body 
and head shape was changed in 1986 due to what? So why did their iconic body and head shape, the peg with the sphere, why did they change the shape? Randy? Uh, well, to reiterate, for <laughs> 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 my last email, uh, something in Washington D.C. That's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> you must write for major news networks. That's about as comprehensive. All right, Molly. Wow. Why did they change their shape? Um, um they changed the shape <laughs> because. They changed the shape because the silhouette didn't look quite right when the sun was hitting it in the wee hours before nap time, and it was just too startling to the kids when they give them nightmares. Looked like goblins. So it looked like an eeny weeny. <laughs> <laughs> it did, and that was not okay. All right, looked like an eeny peeny. There you go, Nate. Why did they change their shape? Uh, they changed the shape because of choking hazards. Um, they were just way too big before, so they shrunk them down, and they were much easier to choke on. <laughs> <laughs> and Marie, why'd they um, change? Well, we all remember that the first Lego person was the mother vacuuming. Um, it was the moms right. again. The moms had some real issues with the size of these little Fisher-Price play family people um and uh sh so, so moms there were moms against little people yeah and they they petitioned they had like a thousand signatures they got it sent to the fisher price headquarters uh and they they were the ones that said we can't we can't have them this shape anymore you need to adapt to the new world all right that, know, that right? makes sense so what a bitch. changed in 1986 why did they change we have <laughs> We have Randy, Blockheads, <laughs> Washington, something else to do with something. We have uh, Molly, the silhouette didn't look quite right. We have Nate, choking hazard, they were too big, they had to make them smaller. And we have Marie, mum issues, or MILFs for MALPs. MILFs for MALPs. MILFs for MALPs. Mums against little people, MALP. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. DC, how would you like to score? <laughs> All right. So, Randy, nice try. Marie. What it boils down to is size matters. So, I'm going to give you uh, 57 points. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Nate, you're almost right. So, I'm going to give you eight points. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Of course he does. Um, and I, I, I guess, Molly, since we revisited the Eeny Beeny Weeny, <laughs> and it still makes me laugh, uh, you can have 12 points. Okay, I'll take those 12. Thank you very 12 much. 12 points. All right. So, as DC alluded to, there was a book that came out called Toys That Kill. In fact, the cover of the book had three little people on it. And they were recalled due to choke. Well, they were forced to be changed due to choking hazard. Now, as somebody who was absolutely brutal with their little people, I can tell you that they were a choking hazard. If you knew how to work hydraulic machinery needed to get the friggin' head off the body, like they were a choking hazard uh, if they were severely destroyed. 
right? Mm. So physically dismantled, which is kind of true for all. Yeah, it's kind of true for all toys, though, or everything, right? Like my car is a choking hazard if physically dismantled. Right? Sure. I've choked on my own spit before. Yeah, I'm a choking hazard. I've choked on Nate's spit, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. Choking hazard's also the name I dance under. Moving on to the next question. So play sets were key to the little people's success. Sets featured a house, airport, parking garage, farm, the houseboat, which was my favorite, licenses such as Sesame Street. Uh, In all of these sets... What was the one prime selling point that Fisher-Price used to market their toys? So what was the one feature that Fisher-Price liked to push with their, with their little people? Molly, what's the feature? You're in, you're in marketing. You're in advertising. Yeah. What uh, is the feature that they pushed? That they could all sit on a toilet. Um, that they, they all had a can. Um, farm has a can. Office has a can. Two cans. Yeah, do that. Callback. Yeah, that's that's where I'm going to leave that one. Right. Okay. Down little the people potting droiding. That works. Yeah, Nate. What was the uh, one feature that they would always uh, push? Well, I mean, these things could get lost really easily. So what they did to fix that is um, they painted them with lead paint, so that way metal detector metal detectors could pick them up. So that way, it was really easy to just you just get out the metal detector and you found them. Um, yeah, I don't know why that didn't pan out. <laughs> the fact that in the news this week it came out that most Americans' IQ were blunted due to lead paint—that that is at least on theme. All right, Marie. <laughs> um, Yes, Yay. of course. Well, um, these at the same time that this marketing push was happening, Crayola was pushing um, scratch uh, and sniff markers. Uh, there were the markers you, you draw with pink, and it would smell like roses. Uh, and so people would sniff it, and it would and it would be delightful. So Fisher Price decided to make all of their little people scratch and sniff as well. So you could uh, sniff a farm person, and it would smell like a farm. You would sniff, I mean, you would scratch a, um, a fire person and it would smell like a fire truck or maybe burning, burning house. Um, so it was the scratch and sniff aspect of the little people that was uh, uh, across their entire brand. All of their little people could be sniffed. Smell my fisherman. Oh, you, the fisherman, you can guess what that smelled like. What's fun is little people were con- consisted of a, of a wooden ball on a hollow dowel that you couldn't clean. So Scratch and Sniff brought up some interesting flavors, Randy. (laughs) Randy, what what was their big feature? Uh, Their big feature was uh, that, uh, and this was an idea uh, that was later used by Coca-Cola in the last few years, where they would put the, you know, people's names on the bottles. So there was actually names on the bottom of all the little people and uh, in order to encourage kids to keep trying to find their name, they had different names in all of them. And they just sold, you know, like probably 10 times the number because of it. Because everybody's just like, where is the Anna? Where is the Tyler? Uh, and, Where's you know, Siobhan? Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. Never have Siobhan. Never. Never Siobhan. Ever. You know, Spelt with a B. Cabbage Patch Kids tried to do the same thing in the 80s, but it only worked if your name was Xavier Roberts. 
So, um... <laughs> I get that joke. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad somebody talked. All right, so their one prime selling point, we had Molly, they all sat on the toilet, little potty. We have uh, Nate painted with lead paint so you could find him with a metal detector. Marie, scratch and sniff, little people. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Randy with the names on the bottom. DC, how would you like to score? Hey, Randy, I love that idea, and I would have bought hundreds of them looking for my name when I was a kid. So 52 Mm -hmm. points. Um, Nate, you get eight points for shouting out back to Toucan. Yes. 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 Plus, you could have another uh, 46 points because I like Um, Marie, wait. Yeah, scratch and sniff. I, you know what? <laughs> That's really, it's fun and disturbing. So seventy-two mm. points. <laughs> wow. Great, thank you. And it is disturbing. Molly, you can. Uh, let's go with twenty-six. I'll take it. Twenty-six. Twenty-six. So, what was the big selling point? Well. It wasn't the fact that all of the playsets were self-contained, which they were. Each playset was its own carrying case. It wasn't the affordability, which they were somewhat affordable. It was the fact that no little people, Fisher-Price toy for that matter, required batteries. Mm. They were all battery-free. So instead of batteries not included, it was batteries not needed. Yeah. So, Molly... I do have the Fisher Price toilets as well. <laughs> the, the little party people. You don't want to scratch those. Oh, oh, my favorite though. Quick side sidebar: the X-ray machine. When you put on a little person on it and you press down, it the the screen moves down and it shows a rib cage. Um, DC. Let's talk about you for a bit. We talked about little nice. people enough, right? Uh, let's talk about Penn. Let's talk about your new show. Uh, now, it's available on Amazon. Link is in the description, as are all of DC's work. So, DC, tell us about the project. Tell us about Penn. All right. Well, Penn is a uh, musical that just got uh, published by Stage Rights. And so the the um, licensing is now available. It's a musical I wrote with a composer out here in Chicago named Leo Schwartz. We've done a few musicals together. And this is our our latest piece. It's a musical <laughs> about a pen pal relationship with a prisoner. And cool. the relationship that develops between this uh, oh, advertising executive, Molly, oh. um, and this uh, uh, incarcerated prisoner. And mm-hmm. then there's also a sort of a, a subplot of one of his co-workers is planning her wedding. And uh, his ex-boyfriend is trying to get him back. And he's the two of them are developing feelings that they didn't expect. Now, how did the collaboration work on that? I mean, writing a musical, as a playwright, writing a musical to me seems daunting. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Actually, it it is. (laughs) um, Fair enough. It is is advertised. It really is. But uh, actually, Leo and I work really well together. Um, We were working together before I moved out here to Chicago. He lived out here. I was living back in Maryland, and we actually, we met like 20 25 years ago in a chat room 
remember chat rooms? Yeah. Um, no. We were in like a theater chat room and I was uh, doing a lot of acting then. I just started writing about seven years ago. And when I started writing, he said, we should do something. And so I was like, I just started. He was like, well, let's do it anyway. Um, so we were looking for an idea and there's a, a festival out here. Um, and so we came up with this idea and I started writing it and it just wasn't a musical. So we kind of scrapped that. We came up, uh, somebody showed us a magazine article about a guy who had a pen pal in prison. And so I started looking up prison pen pals online and reading up about that. And it just seemed like a really intriguing story to tell. So uh, I would write the book and I would write like sample lyrics and sometimes he would use them and sometimes he would throw them out and rewrite everything. And um, so we actually, we, we, we have a synergy. That's so cool. <laughs> um, and it, it's, his name is Leo Schwartz. Uh, we also, um, we've written three musicals together now. Um, uh, one is uh, The Book of Merman. Um, Mormon, the, the Book of Mormon. About two Mormon missionaries that knock on Ethel, Ethel Merman's door. Um, <laughs> and I really wanted them to be mermaids. <laughs> I'm surprised that one hasn't been written before. Uh, well, there was a, a, I think a drag queen had like a review, uh, Ethel Merman review that they did for a minute or something. But, um, but anyway, so we wrote that together. We wrote it and um, another thing. So, yeah, we just kind of we go back and forth. We throw throw ideas back and forth. And typically, like, you know, he knows where the songs need to be. I'll start writing the yeah. musicals. And once the emotion hits a high point, that's where you have to put in some some singing. Music. So it's like the improv game when you're going, you're like, sounds like a song. Then you're like, mm -hmm. I'm doing dishes. <laughs> have you been able to see these performed? Uh, yeah. Well, um, Book of Mormon ran off Broadway for five months. Uh, nice. Penn, um, Penn was in a festival out here in Chicago uh, a few years back. I came out here for that before I moved here. Um, now I live here. Actually, it's one of the reasons I moved to Chicago was to be able to work uh, with him um, easier than long distance. Um yeah, there have been a few productions around the U.S. They're kind of scattered. Penn was literally just like just showed up as um, a week or two ago. So we're nice. hoping that people will jump on and license it and and hope hopefully someplace close. I won't have to buy a plane ticket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, luckily theaters are opening back up. It looks like yes. the pandemic is lightning. We hope. Yeah. Knock on wood. Um, so hopefully we'll start having theaters start produce shows again. I mean, that'd be nice. Uh, if you would like to take a look at the show, you want to produce the show even better. The link to everything is in the description. And uh, now let's hear the answer to give me the details. You want to know how he found his numbers? So mm. according to NPR, a uh, what North? What did this North Carolina man do to determine what numbers he was going to play to win the lottery? Well, veteran Gabriel Fierro and his wife ate out at the Red Bull Asian Bistro in Charlotte, North Carolina, Ooh. and on a whim, 
he decided to use the numbers on his fortune cookie. Wow. Doing so took home $4 million. So if you have student debt, go get takeout. Eat Chinese. And then once you win $4 million, you have enough to pay off your student debt. And then after, maybe enough for like a cup of coffee or a scone at Starbucks. Chinese takeout. Hey, Ku Young changed his life. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So currently our points are... I'm in last place with six points. Next, we have Molly with 131 points. <laughs> we have Marie with 165. Nate Woo! with 175. And in the lead, we have Randy with 185 points. 85. Oh, that's a magic number for improv. <laughs> that is a magic number. So You haven't even shimmied. Yeah. At all, right? <laughs> oh, so right. Join, us. <laughs> join us when we return for Marie's pop quiz and technically correct right here on Balderdash Academy. Hey, this is Bob. When I'm not being the headmaster at Balderdash Academy, I run Sleuth's Mystery Entertainment. At Sleuth's Mystery, we offer something different from your typical mystery experience. Our mysteries are crafted around the game and the experience as a whole. We blend characters, comedy, atmosphere, and a puzzle of a mystery for you to solve. Every show is unique, and every ending is different. At Sleuth's Mystery Entertainment, you can see the show, play the game, and solve the mystery. If you're in New England, contact us at sleuthsmystery.com for a killer time. You know, Marie mentioned the the scratch and snip. Do Do you guys remember the strawberry shortcake doll that they had that was, you could actually... All of them. Yeah, yeah. And, and the smell lasted a really, really long time. Ooh, they chemicals. still smell. If you can they find them in thrift shops, like they still have an odor sure. to them. Yeah. yeah smell it's like cancer. Bizarre. And <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> yeah. It smells like strawberry and cancer. <laughs> and cancer. <Yeah. laughs> it was weird, though. Like, being, being a kid in the late, early, mid to late 70s, it was a transition time for toys. So you had a lot of of the older dangerous toys still around and you had a lot of the newer safe toys still around. You don't find many chemistry sets these days. I love toys that should not be toys. I, I absolutely love toys that are just should not be toys. Like Playmobil did a little executioner with a hood. Speaking of the yeah. guillotine, you know, stuff like that. They Oh, Play-Doh. Play-Doh did a set. It's like... It's kind of like a soap dish. It's a guy with a carved out body and it came with molds and you would mold like internal organs the kind and then of man you skin, want. Play-Doh skin and you would like perform surgery on this Play-Doh dude. And I'm just yeah. like, that's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I had one that was a race set. And it was matchbox bases. So it was the wheel deck. And then you put in these wax pellets. 
turn the heater on and pour the molten wax into the mold yep. on top of the deck. I'm like, this is suggested age six. It's like <laughs> <laughs> blacksmith. Right. It's fine. My, you know, my, fav- yeah. my favorite toy from the seventies was the whirly bird. Yeah. Oh a yeah. Helicopter that went around, but you can make it go up and down. My favorite yeah. toy from the seventies. Never mind. Uh, no. <laughs> um, or what was the other one? Evil Knievel. Evil Knievel was the big oh, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you had to pull it up and yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved it. Oh, it was like uh, Keanu Reeves did that <laughs> that voice in Toy Story Three. I have a full set of Mego action figures. Ooh. The, do you remember Mego figures? Okay, they were like yeah. eight inches tall, and they were superheroes that had cloth outfits. Marie, you're a fetus. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they were that. Was, they, oh, they were the bomb. Yeah. What did you do with them? Oh, those I played. I played the hell out of those. There was one. My favorite was the lizard. He had this kind of like alligator head. He was a Spider-Man villain, and I remember yeah. like like opening his mouth and the inside of his mouth tore, and I would like shove pennies into it because it was like he was eating them. Oh, I used, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went through some. I went through some Mego figures. They were the best. <laughs> you remember that uh, Stretch yeah. Armstrong? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I've gelled corn syrup. Yeah. I know because I've cut open like three of them when I was little just to see what was inside of them. Did you guys ever play with Stretch Armstrong's brother, Neil? <laughs> yeah, he or had Lance. a space accident, no, came home busy. super... No, wasn't he kidnapped for a sandwich? <laughs> yeah. That's Buzz Aldrin. The, 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 the youngest brother, Lance, uh, he was, well, he was missing something. Balls. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. It's been a hell of a game. Our points are not I'm good. in last place. Followed uh, <laughs> by, believe it or not, Molly with 131 points. Next we have. Marie with 165, Nate with 175, and 185 Randys walk into a bar. (laughs) (laughs) Scratch and sniffle. They hit their head because they're so tall, just like me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, DZ, before we move on to Marie's game, we're back with our Balderdash randomizer. Again, the spin will generate a question that DZ will need to answer in 30 seconds or less. Tonight's question... All right. So other than your work, DC, which uh, which if you need to, you can find links in the description. Um, what other playwrights should we all be reading right now? Ooh. Oh, dear. OK, so I would say there's a website called the New Play Exchange, which features uh, like hundreds and hundreds and probably thousands of of playwrights who can upload their pieces and you can sign up. It's super cheap. It's like 12 bucks and you can read thousands yeah. and thousands of plays from thousands and thousands of people, including and that's mine. not a month. That's not a month. That's an annual fee. Oh, yeah, that's a fee. yearly, that's yeah. a yearly yeah. fee. It's, yeah. And they have different fees. If you're just reading, it's like 12 bucks or something. And if you're like a playwright and you're uploading plays, it's like 20. It's, it's yeah. super cheap, but 
There's so much you can search by uh, topic. You can search by author. You can search by title. Um, Bob has plays on there. Bam. Sure does. Um, so Randy, uh, I've, yeah. you know, I could recommend lots of people that I know, but not in 30 seconds. No, not in 30 <laughs> seconds. It would not be like, 30 you, seconds. like the Academy nice. Awards when the music starts playing and I haven't gotten to like 50 other people that I need to think. <laughs> uh, kind of a f- follow up question to that. Do you, ha- like, how's that community at New Play Exchange? Have you met people through that? Like, Absolutely. Yeah, I've made lots of friends there. Playwrights have uh, like formed groups online on like Facebook groups and things like that. Yeah. And I'm in probably four or five different groups. Cool. People yeah. will read each other's work. People will do readings. Um, I've met actors. I've met other playwrights. I've met um, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, actually through, uh, through new play exchange. And it's, yeah, it's really, it's a great resource for anybody who wants to read plays and cool. it has everything it's got like one minute plays 10 minute plays full yeah. lengths comedies musicals whatever um and yeah i've made i've made some really really great friends i've made some really really great contacts yeah um yeah do you think it will replace facebook <laughs> if only um yeah. i think no I think <laughs> as as an addition to Facebook, um, yeah, I mean it, it's literally just for plays. It's, yeah, I mean it's just for. It sounds like a really cool place. Theater companies, yeah. It's, it's newplayexchange.com. Yeah. So I'll put a um, link in the description. Now, the fun thing about New Play Exchange and what I like about it as a service, or really as a community, is it's a place built on positivity. Um. It's really designed for people who just love the craft and love the reading and the experience and the exploration of finding that brilliance. Um, it's great to post the stuff you have. It, it, it feels nice to get a recommendation, um, but it's really built around the discovery of new work. And if you like a show, leave a recommendation, literally recommend it for other people to read or to produce. And if you don't like the show, just don't say anything at all and it's, it's really not, awesome. it's it's not somebody, a place for that if somebody finds your work online and contacts you and says hey we'd like to produce your play that's pretty cool yeah and it I happens i've happen gotten two or three yeah i've had a student yeah. contact me about doing uh, one of my pieces at in their at their college and yeah it was a lovely production they filmed it and sent it to me and that's awesome yeah in fact um i will also link dc's new play exchange page in the description I recently taught a class and uh, it was a, I needed an example of a comedy and a drama and both exist within DC's work. So (laughs) it was great for me because it was a one stop to get what I needed for the class. Um, So new play exchange, it is in the link in the description. Uh, but you're not just a playwright, DC. Um, I mean, you are a collector, playwright, director, but rumor has it, you're also technically a Broadway actor. Ooh. Um, tell us what happened on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I was in New York, and we had tickets to go see the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. And 
in the lobby before the show, they ask audience members if they want to be in the spelling bee. And I was like, yeah. So they chose me and I got to be contestant number three. And I had to spell cow. And I had to spell Senegal, which oh. is the room where the Last Supper took place. And so that, you know, kicked me out because uh, I got that wrong. But and whenever you go up to the microphone, they say something about you. And they're like, next up is DC Cathro. When DC's mother gets mad at him, she calls him by his full name, District of Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> and then they said... And this is DC Cathro again. DC is president of this beard growing club at school. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, one, night, one night on Broadway, and I got to sit next to Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. That's yeah, and, cool. And you had a show run off Broadway for a while. Yeah, that was I mean, the, you've done it all in New York. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> I've done a little bit, but yes. Hope you've done more. a little bit in New York. There you go. Hopefully more. <laughs> Hopefully more soon. See what happens. Yeah. Well, things it's are opening back up. Um, speaking of hustle, we are now here with Professor of Home Ec and Wellness Marie Stewart Harmon for her quiz. I haven't heard this yet. Marie Stewart Harmon. Home Economics. Marie Stewart Harmon. Surprise, there's not a burp in this. <laughs> I sent him the folder full of them. <laughs> oh my gosh, you get 14 points for having a theme song. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you so very much. That is the first time I've heard my theme song and I'm loving it. Um, and I'm I'm super pumped that you're familiar with New York City. One of my favorite stops when I'm in the city is McSorley's Pub. Um, but that is not a place that you probably want to go tomorrow, St. Patrick's Day, because it is going to be inundated with tourists who know that McSorley's is the place to go on St. Patrick's Day in New York. I say all of this because... Most many people have experienced the St. Patrick's Day where the next morning they're like, oh, my God, what have I done? What have I done? Why did I do that? How will I ever, ever recover? Well, as your resident home economics and wellness professor, um, I have an old timey suggestion that I would like for you all to help me with. Um, this, this comes from the, uh, the, the cowboys of, of, of America. Um, I, I'm going to give you a statement and I need my very brilliant professors to complete the statement for me. Um, so I'm going to say blank with, when I want you to, uh, with, with the word I want you to replace cowboys in the American West, thought that if you went outside and got some blank, made tea out of blank, and drank it, your hangover would disappear. Now, it's true that blank contains salt and nutrients, such as potassium, that might have been depleted while you were tying one on last night. So... Brilliant professors of Balderdash Academy. Um, you know, home economics, I'm always the waste not, want not. Find find what's in your environment. Uh, these cowboys seem to have a good idea. So um, 
Uh, Randy, you're nodding already. You seem to know exactly what these yeah, cowboys uh, would go out and uh, I mean, collect. Ca- cowboys, and they have a pretty, uh, pretty uh, predictable diet. Uh, uh, you know, from from what we understand, you know, the the stereotype uh, uh, meals that we you know we know about. Uh, I believe it's baked bean juice, not the baked beans itself, but the, the juice from the baked beans. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and if you know if they didn't have a uh, you know, piece of bread to <laughs> sop it up at the end of the meal, they had the juice left over. They saved it for the next day uh, after they you know have a, a little too much to drink and cured it all. Bean au jus, if you will. <laughs> Tasty. Maybe if there's enough salt. Um, uh, Molly, what do you think these cowboys were so clever to go out and collect and make tea out of? Well, I'm working up myself an appetite with these tater tots and these here baked bean au jus. Um, what these cowboys did was uh, they made tumbleweed tea. Tumbleweed so what they had to do, they have to go out there and Rassle themselves some tumbleweeds. That'd be going from them there prairies over there. They had to go rassle them up. And then what mm-hmm. they do is they take some cheesecloth and they they crunch it all down. They put it in some cheesecloth. They let it soap overnight while they're tied one on. When they wake up in the morning, they hit that tea, that sweet tumbleweed <laughs> tea, and tumbleweed it just cures tea. all hangovers. Tumble tea, if you will. Mm, tumbleweed tea. Tumbleweed Man. tea. I'm a big fan of that tumbleweed tea. There. Hey, Bob. Yes. What do you think these cowboys did to get rid of their hangovers? Well, it makes a lot of sense. It is a natural resource that's found all over the Great Plains, and it's one that they were uh, had readily uh, available at all times. And that is, of course, cow patties, or as they like to call them, uh, cow moo mile tea. Cow moo mile The cows would process the nutrients needed, including salt, potassium, all of the things they would rend from the grasses they ate, and then deposit them in an easily dissolved uh, patty that could be used to make a coffee or tea. Mm -hmm. That seems totally plausible. Cowboys did hang out with a lot of cows. Uh, Mm -hmm. Nate... What so did I, these very industrious, industrious cowboys create tea out of? So Bob was on the right track, except he went he went to the to the end of the line. Um, mm. uh, you know, you need to you need to get in there before the cow absorbs all that nutrients. Uh, oh no! And uh, yes, yeah, the cow cud um, cow that they cud. used. Uh, so cows are known for having multiple stomachs, and they chew it digest and then they spit it back Put up and that's the cud that they they chew um mm-hmm. now the yes. cowboys would go they're named cowboys because they would go to the boy cows and get that cud and uh of course that's where in medicine you get cc you know that i need five cc's yeah. of this it's cow cud, cow uh, cud. So they would get five cc's of this cud mm-hmm. and um kind of just drip it into their coffee or whiskey or whatever whatever it was but it was like uh it was like a supplement type of thing like a tincture (laughs) five cc's of cow cut five cow cuts yes cow cut cc's Um, yeah these have all been answers that could have been answers and i'm really grateful that you all (laughs) answered them with your answers um however 
Only one of you was kind of close, but before Ooh. I give you the correct answer, um, DC, these these professors are brilliant, and I think they deserve some points here. So I'm just going to remind you what everyone answers, what everyone's answers were. You um, said answers a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said cow cut a lot. <laughs> um, Randy um, had the the baked bean au jus, the juice from the baking of the beans. Um, once the beans have been removed, uh, Molly had tumbleweed tea. Tumble tea. I think that that could definitely be patented. Yeah, sure. Um, Bob had cow patties, the cow mile tea. Um, that doesn't sound terrible, actually. <laughs> cow mile. <laughs> Probably just has, it's probably got dairy in it. Probably can't have it for vegans. Anyway, um, Nate had, um, the five CCs, the cow cud extreme and what we all have our current doctoring measurements based off of. Um, so DC, he's brilliant professors. What do you think? All right. Well, okay, Bob, you get 53 points for cow moo mile tea. It made me laugh. <laughs> but, I have to go with Randy. I'm thinking Randy should probably get 62 points. Wow. Somewhere in there. Yeah, 62 points. Nice. Um, I do like the idea of the tumbleweeds. Mm -hmm. Um, So you you could have uh, 28. Okay. And Nate. Cal um, could. Yeah. Uh, From specifically surprising to me. I'll throw you I'll throw you twenty-two. Twenty two. Twenty two. Oh, so close to twenty-eight. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Mighty generous. Okay, you can have seven more. Yes. <laughs> And who keeps That's, score, Bob? You keep a score. You can have twelve points for keeping all these scores straight because I <laughs> run a lot of numbers at you. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, DC. Um, I think that all of these answers could possibly be plausible, um, but none of them are accurate. Uh, however, someone did come very close. I'll give you all one guess as to who that someone was. Bob, um, the, <laughs> with the cow patties, he was on to something, though cowboys didn't exclusively work with cows. Cowboys in the American West thought if they went outside and got some rabbit pellets, made tea out of them, and drank it, your hangover would disappear. Now, it's oh. true that rabbit pellets contain salts and nutrients, uh, such as potassium, that might have been depleted while you were tying one on the night before. But nowadays, you can probably just eat a banana or something. <laughs> um, I'm glad that this isn't the current hangover cure uh, popular in uh, college dorms these days. They were, I'm sure the uh, amount of pet bunnies would increase if that was the case. We don't need that many pet bunnies on campuses, especially not at Balderdash Academy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see how close the game is, shall we? I am in last place with 71 points. Next, we have... Marie with 165, Molly with 175, Nate with 204, and in the lead, we have Randy with 247 points. What? What? Randy's taking it home. 
which can change at a moment's notice in technically correct. <sighs> sure so can. our next sure game can. is a fan favorite, technically correct. I will read a description of a movie. That is technically correct. Our faculty members will all come up with an answer as fast as possible and present it one by one. Our visiting yeah. professor will award points based on the answer that he likes best. So mm -hmm. movie number one, the description of this movie. A son's father and mother's meet his fiance's family. Wait, what? A son's father and mother's meet his fiance's family. Nate, what's the movie? Um, son's father and mother's. Um, mother's plural. That's as we can. Going to say. Captain Planet, Rise of the Machines. <laughs> Marie, what do you have? Um, it, was it mothers plural? Yes. Yeah. A oh, son's great. I'm just continue father with my and gutted. mothers meet his fiance's family. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Uh, meet the Fockers. Meet the Fockers, Randy. Uh... Uh, was that the Brady Bunch movie? <laughs> Brady Bunch movie yeah. and Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Molly, Molly, I'm sorry. Um, What's the answer? Um, <laughs> that with, one with the. <laughs> and it's um, the guy I, uh, who did the thing. I got nothing. Um, <laughs> I know, this one's hard. <laughs> Rats of Nim. Rats, Secret of Nim. Secrets of Nim. All right. Uh, so, this one's actually relevant today. Uh, a son's father and mother's meet his fiance. We have Nate with Captain Planet, Rise of the Machines, Marie with Meet the Fockers, Randy with the Brady Bunch movie, Molly with the Secret of Nim, DC. Which one do you like best? How would you like to score? Actually, I like the rats of Nim. <laughs> you get 52 points for the rats of Nim. <laughs> All right. 52 points. Uh, so a son's father and mother's meet his fiance describes the birdcage. I was going to oh! say birdcage. Which oh, I yeah. thought was appropriate given the news this week. Movie number two. I apologize in advance. Movie number two is a flashback of a flashback of a flashback of a man trying to clear his name. So it is a flashback of a flashback of a flashback of a man trying to clear his name. Marie. Memento. <laughs> Memento. Yeah. Good guess. Randy. Uh, I'm going to go with Terminator 3. <laughs> Terminator 3, Rise of Captain Planet. Molly. Yep. Well, I think like the obvious is like Back to the Future, but I'm going to go with Powder. Powder. Powder? And Nate. <laughs> so, I mean, when when you try to clear your name, I just think of like backspacing. So I'm going to say Office Space. Office Space. Okay. So a flashback of a flashback of a flashback of a man trying to clear his name. We have Marie with Memento, Randy with the Terminator, Molly with Powder, and Nate with Office Space. DC, how would you like to score? 
I like office space. I'll go with 22 points for office space. 22 points for Nate. All right. So I'm just going to tell you because I've said a flashback of way too many times. Um, (laughs) That movie accurately describes the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, such a good movie. Oh, great film. It starts as a flashback, but then mm-hmm. goes to a flashback, but then goes into mm-hmm. another flashback mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. a man trying to clear his name. All right. All I do I think, think that about, Memento would be technically correct, though. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that sounds right. But all I can think of when you say that again and again is Jennifer Beals getting a bucket of water dumped on her. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I would be afraid to do that with the technical equipment here. Um, yeah. Movie number three. <gasps> A real estate agent helps a diplomat move to the UK. It is a movie about a real estate agent who helps a diplomat move to the United Kingdom. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Randy. Diplomat. Uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh. All right. Yeah, I love Holy Grail. All right, Molly, what do you got? Bob, really, what do I have? Nothing. Um, uh, James Bond, die another day. That one? All right, James Bond, die another day. Nate. Okay. The Princess Bride. Ooh. Princess Bride and Marie. Damn it, I think the Princess Bride might be right. I cannot remember the professions of the parents in The Parent Trap, but I do know that one of them is in England for like a while and comes back with a silly British accent. So I'm going with The Parent Trap. (laughs) Parent Trap. All right. Okay, so a real estate agent helps a diplomat move to the United Kingdoms. We have Randy with the Holy Grail, Molly with James Bond, Die Another Day, Nate with the Princess Bride, and Marie with Parent Trap. DC? How would you like to score? Okay, Molly, you get 21 points because I like the video that Madonna did for Die Another Day because she gets beat up and it's really kind of funny. (laughs) Yes. Thanks, Madonna. Sweet DC. Um, I know. It's Madonna. Speaking of chickens. Also, I, I love the idea of the parent trap, actually. That makes that that amuses me. So 33 points for Marie. Thank you. And Nate, you can have 17. Thank you. For that. Randy, you're out of luck. <laughs> All right. All <laughs> right. Already winning. We're getting into the last stretch. Uh, so a real estate agent helps a diplomat move to the UK. Uh, describes Dracula. Dracula. Uh, <laughs> oh. It describes Dracula. That is what the uh, what his profession was. Okay. That's right. our second blood Marcus sucking profession. reference tonight, right? Yeah, fam, <laughs> yep. yep. Just confirming. All right. Movie number four, our last movie. A man rebels against his father for the love of a woman, and a replicant gets in the way. I apologize in advance, Molly. What do you got? Uh, why are you apologizing? Um. <laughs> Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. All right. I'm going to go grab my towel. Uh, Nate. Uh, 
Star Wars Return of the Jedi. That's what I was going to say. All right, Return of the Jedi. Marie. Oh, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) You took my memento, so I'm going to take yours. (laughs) Touche, touche. Wallace and Gromit. (laughs) What? There's a replica in there. The Ursula becomes the Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Okay, I I heard. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Randy, what's your answer? Uh, I I think I'm going to go with Back to the Future. Hmm. All right. So a man rebels against his father for the love of a woman and a replicant gets in the way. We have Molly with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Nate with Return of the Jedi, Marie with a Little Mermaid, Randy with Back to the Future. DC, how would you like to score? <laughs> Marie, you get 47 points Thank for you. your I think- energetic answer. <laughs> Thank you. I do think that Papa Eric, King Eric, Prince Eric's dad would have been disappointed with him eloping with a half human, half fish. All right. That makes sense. Um, (laughs) Thank you, DC. So the answer is 90 some odd years old. A man rebels against his father for the love of a woman and a replicant gets in the way, describes Metropolis. Oh, Can we say fake Maria? Okay. <laughs> DC, uh, thank you so much for being a visiting yeah. professor tonight on Balderdash Academy. Other than Penn, which links are in the description, what else is new and exciting for you? What's coming up? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, today, I got an email saying that one of my short pieces was a semifinalist in something which you know means that in a week I will get the thank you but sorry email <laughs> because that's the way things go but I'll take it <laughs> now you can find DC online at the new play exchange and on Amazon and links to everything is in the description before we reveal our winner it's time for today's moral So, after a great evening, playing around with friends and learning about DC, seeing his collection, about our answers and our jokes, one thing tonight is very, very clear. If you lived in the 70s or early 80s and you were playing with your Fisher-Price guillotine, do not stick your eeny-peeny into the hole. The lead paint could be poisonous and may lead to mothers against little people or mouse <laughs> coming after the company. <laughs> All right. There was some texture to that one, huh? <laughs> that was a lot. Yes. All right. Here's our winner. Our final score. Things changed. It's close. And last place, we have myself at 71 points. Next. We have a score that is two points away from each other. Oh, okay. This is the closest game we have ever had in Balderdash Academy history. Oh, wow. We have one score that is 243 points, one score that is 245 points, one score that is 246 points, and the winner with 247. Whoa. <laughs> 
Um, in last place of the faculty, we have Nate with 243 points. Next, we have Marie with 245 points. So is it Molly <laughs> or is it Randy? It's a nail biter. Molly got 246. So for his first win, we have yeah, our professor of the performing arts, Randy, with 247 points. You like me. You wow. really like me. I got goosebumps <laughs> reading those scores. That was awesome. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Way to wow. nail-biter, DC. Yeah, nice job scoring that, DC. Yeah, Thank you for visiting us at Balderdash Academy. I've been your headmaster, Bob LeBlanc. Joining me has been our faculty. We have Professor of English Language Arts, Molly McGill. Bye-bye, <laughs> Our Professor of Steam, Nate Green. Tastes like lead. <laughs> our Professor of Home and Wellness, Marie Stewart-Harmon. Careful what you do, in fact, scratch and sniff. And... Our winner, our new reigning champion with one score on the board, Professor of the Performing Arts, Randy Hunt. Uh, if you drink too much in the next few days, don't forget your bean juice. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, our visiting professor, actor, director, playwright, DZ Cathro. And, and now, I, now I can add this to my resume. <laughs> Visiting yes, professor. professor. Oh, thank you for joining us tonight at Balderdash Academy. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>